0: Welcome heathens and witches to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, we're back at it again. It's been a little while, we're we'll getting back into it. Uh, the, I mean, we talked about all of this during the pub chat uh, last time, last week, last whatever that happened. And uh, so we're getting back into it with this deep dive, which we are very excited for before we get into the knit and grit of that. Uh, like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, and do all the things that we're commanded to tell you to, to do. Um, by the machines. And uh, yeah, I've been John Norgrove and this has been Julie Norgrove. So welcome. and uh, I thought let's, you were already signing no, we're, already, we're already signing off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Deuce. I know I said it's been, but I just mean we are. It's been, we are, have them. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's, listen, it's two. It's too fucking hot. It's too hot. It's too hot we for this. And just
1: finished watching the first episode of the new season of Black Mirror. A pretty upsetting episode, episode of Black awful, Mirror. And I'm having a Ooh. bit of an existential crisis. All the dreads. Well, first of all, that We're episode. all awful. But also, I just got new hair.
0: Yeah. And, and I
1: didn't know about this. It's not it's
0: dissimilar. Really adjacent. Yeah to it, yeah. and yeah. I'm feeling... The Venn diagram, a bit of overlap. <laughs> feeling yeah.
1: a bit of a way yeah. about that right now, so that's
0: Well, hilarious. and the ultra-fun existential dread of maybe you all live in a simulation. Maybe you are five levels deep of a supercomputer dreaming nightmares. But so also... That's fun. I love that. But also, I, I maybe at some dread.
1: point I am played by...
0: Salma Hayek? Hayek. Yeah. I'm not, you totally know what? okay with that. Wherever that happens in, in The Matrix, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm here
1: for that. All right. Well, anyway, um, I guess we should do this thing. Yeah,
0: so uh deep dive Rama. Uh we're talking about Bast or Bastet.
1: Yeah, that's right. So before we get into it, we're probably gonna be using Bast and Bastet sort of like interchangeably throughout yeah. this. And Part of the reason for that is because it's, they're really sort of used interchangeably just not anywhere. Um, But also um, did you know that Bastet, the way that you, that we pronounce that is sort of like a weird amalgamation of not only her name, but also people trying to get us to pronounce her, her Bast correctly. And also the Ptolemaic Greeks trying to get us to make it so that she's connected to Isis.
0: I mean, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, you know, because if if you're seeing Bast and Bastet side by side, I feel like when I see Bastet, my like, my programming tells me not to pronounce that last E-T. Well, just the last T, right? Yeah. It's just Bast, right? Yeah. I guess it would be the last E-T because if I was going to pronounce the T, I would say Bast. From and like an English standpoint, same. which is not what it is. <laughs> but I think of the E. I'm thinking of this in like my brain just immediately goes to like French. Yeah. With yeah, bestet. Yeah. So I don't want to call it Bestet. I want to call it Bast and recognize that the T just allows me to use the E as like a drop-off or whatever.
1: Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: But um yeah, that's great. I love I love that that name's an amalgamation. Look, it
1: kind of is. So
0: history. So, originally... Why you gotta go to college uh, so for so, long.
1: so, stepping back a little bit, and just so y'all know, I am not like a linguist scholar. I am uh, sort of an art Word doctor.
0: Word doctor, doctor is the word that you're we talking say. about, yeah. So um, We ain't no word doctors. You tell me how so to pronounce this.
1: we don't entirely understand how the ancient Greeks pronounced um, some of the vowels in their words. Like, we know some of them, but we don't know all of them, and it's a little complicated because there also might be like regional differences or differences in like time because they spoke this language for a very long time. Um, and obviously there's going to be drift, right? So it's indicated that Bast's name was originally Bast, B-S-S-T with a, with a vowel in between the B and the S, right? So there's kind of a problem with that in that at a certain point from what i read the ancient egyptians didn't pronounce the ending t so it had just been b-s. but that wasn't really her name so people added on the tet at the end to get you to try to pronounce the t at the end so that became Bast, even though it was spelled bastet. Um, and also to further complicate things when Egypt was ruled by the Ptolemaic dynasty, which are Greek speaking people. Um, they tried to syncretize and sort of move Bastet into like being Isis of a thousand names. And we we'll talk about this like a little bit later, but um, they they made it so that her name was ba Set, which uh, Set is Isis. Um, and so it sort of stuck. So anyway, that's your word nerd moment for the day. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, so anyway, Bastet, Bastet. now I'm going to say it wrong on accident, Um, even though I've said it four ways. Bast um, is the goddess of protection, especially against diseases and evil spirits, pregnancy, childbirth, fertility, sex, pleasure, music, art, drunkenness, parties, perfume, retribution, hunting, war, prosperity, cats, the sun and the moon.
0: Listen, um, work your wage. You don't need to work this hard. It's too many jobs. You know what? I know that they said that you need to work overtime, but you don't need to work overtime. Your boss... Listen, guys, let me tell you about bigger adults. Um, Your boss isn't a bigger adult. You don't need to listen to them. You're already an adult, right? Like, can you vote? Well, you're an adult now. Can you serve in the military? Are you old enough? Well, you're an adult now. You don't have to listen to these assholes. Don't do that much work, right? (laughs) That's... Five jobs minimum. Five lots jobs. Of jobs lots yeah, of jobs, too yeah. many. It's uh, yeah. overburdened workers here. Maybe <laughs> maybe they could unionize. Maybe that would solve all of this shit. Because that's a bunch of stuff, dog. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Bast was worshipped as early as the Second Dynasty in Egypt, which is about two thousand eight hundred ninety BCE. Yeah. So, like forty five hundred years ago, to put that in into perspective, because that's really just sort of like a mind boggling long amount of time. She is one of the oldest deities that we've talked about in a deep dive in this podcast. Sure. First of all, um, and that the her the dates of her worship are about three hundred years before the Step Pyramid, which is like the proto to the Giza pyramids. Yeah. So 300 years Earl before the step pyramid at uh Djoser and about 1500 years before um well the events in the past in the movie The Mummy.
0: Mm. That's Pharaoh Seti I.
1: So um, too long ago to count. Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't so know that's really between that's basically right between us and uh Charlemagne. Not even that yeah longer than that
0: yeah that's that's way back there bro yeah
1: yeah yeah. so like a super duper long time ago which means that really we're looking at like a huge evolution of um the worship of yeah Best.
0: a lot of time a lot of time to uh pick on extra to to pick up extra jobs yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, additional spellings of your name uh (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to talk about her epithets real quick. So epithets are um, either nicknames. like nicknames or titles, that sort of thing. Um, so she's also known as the Eye of Ra, the Sacred and All-Seeing Eye, the Devouring Lady, nice. Lady of the Ointments, Goddess of the Rising Sun, Lady of Dread, Lady of Slaughter, and my personal two favorite, She Who Scratches and She
0: Who Rends. Mm. That's dope. She Who Rends, very dope. Very great, cool. Listen, great name for a metal band. You got an all ladies metal band. She Who Rends, fucking absolutely solid. That metal is the name of the name. band. Oh yeah. man, that's such a cool band name. Most of these are like really good. Yeah, like, yeah, Lady of Dread, band. fantastic yeah. band name. Lady of the East, fantastic. All of these fantastic band names. <laughs> yeah, Devouring Lady, fantastic band name. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. so
1: bast is um one of the goddesses from the egyptian pantheon and as many of you probably know uh, a lot of the deities in the egyptian pantheon have sort of like a half animal half human thing to them where their head is an animal and the rest of their body is uh, human most of the time at least um but Bast is- We've all seen
0: Stargate, we know. Yeah,
1: we've seen Stargate, we know. Um, We've also seen the Mummy movies, we know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So Bast is fairly unique in that she is never shown fully human. A lot of the um, half animal type deities have sort of like a fully human form in some of the reliefs that we have, but Bast is never fully human. Uh, But she is most often shown as a slender woman with the head of a cat. Um, and it's fantastic because my notes say sometimes shown as a cat,
0: yeah. um, <laughs> sometimes full cat, sometimes lady with a cat head, never fully lady though.
1: Yeah. Sometimes she is just fully a cat. Sure. Right. But never fully a lady. Sure. Um, but prior to, yes.
0: <laughs> Once, twice, not fully a lady. You know what song I'm talking about, right?
1: Yeah. Once, twice, fully a kitty
0: a fully a kitty
1: uh, so prior to about a thousand bc so like three thousand years ago she was also shown having like a lion head so it's more of a recent thing that she was only sort of a domestic cat uh prior to this she could be shown having a lion head the head of a desert cat if you have not looked that up um prepare for like a cuteness overload because there are two types of egyptian desert cats and they are both adorable and one is like more regal and the other one is like more squishy fluffy. I'm here for both. Um, Or she's also shown like with the head of a domestic cat, sometimes fully a cat and sometimes fully a lion. So we see a lot of this Mm. sort of feline thing happening here. And around, um, around this time, we also see that Bast with the head of a domestic cat started to signify Lower Egypt, and that Sekhmet was shown with the head of a lion and started to sort of signify Upper Egypt. Okay, So we have sort of an interesting derivation there. We'll talk a little bit more about her relationship with Sekhmet in a bit, but this isn't really a hard and fast rule. Sometimes in illustrations after 1000 BC, we see Bast with a lion head or even a mane, um, or like maybe wearing a lion's head in sort of like a Hercules sort of a way. Um, It's just not as common. But again, we're looking at like 4,500. 100 years of like history Shenanite. there yeah. and like individual artistic interpretations so totally, i'm sure there's a totally. lot um and usually when you see uh bass, she's holding an ank which signifies long life she has a papyrus wand which represents lower egypt she is typically holding a sistrum which is like um it's an ancient percussion instrument it's kind of like a rattle um it's usually attributed to hathor but she Bast also carries it, some other deities do too. Uh, and she also sometimes carries a wasp scepter for strength. And typically when we see that she's carrying this scepter that is not the papyrus wand, um, that it's in the shape of a snake because cats and snakes, mortal enemies.
0: Yeah, sure, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh and then lastly, she's often shown as a litter of kitten or uh, with a, not as, but with a litter of kittens. This they- she, sometimes she's
0: sometimes she's one cat. Sometimes, sometimes she's five cats. <laughs>
1: who knows um and this is more common when you see her only in cat form but um there are a few illustrations that kind of indicate that she may be in a human form with like illiterate cats
0: sure well i mean that's that makes sense when she's like associated with like fertility and like all that sort of shit. Exactly.
1: Stuff, See, like know? knowing all this stuff, you're kind of like, oh, that like kind of makes sense yeah. why she's yeah. like.
0: That guy drew almost. her just, just with a cat head. I'm like, all right, I got to do my own art. I'm going to draw her like mostly cat, bunch of fucking kittens. Totally reasonable.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We actually have a lot of statues of her that are um, found in two that were found in tombs that are like a domestic cat. With a litter of kittens suckling. Mm. Um, And that sort of, you know, ties into like fertility and protection of mothers and pregnancy and infants and childbirth as well as just sort of like general protection, you know, like um, in the States we kind of go mama bear is the term that we use but you could easily say like mother cat kind of thing, Um, you know, so you've got a lot of pieces (laughs)
0: yeah no no no, that all that's all that all totally makes sense
1: yeah so as for family um of course it's complicated because all deity families are complicated. So um yes. her her father, her parents are either considered Ra who is the god of the sun and ruler of all and Isis the goddess of healing and magic. Um although that's not always the case and sometimes she's only the daughter of Ra and sometimes she's only the the daughter of Atum the main creator deity. Uh um, um, so sometimes she just sort of springs forth, and sometimes there's a mom there, and it just sort of depends on what you're looking at and when and who that came from. As far as siblings go, um, her she would her brother would be Horus, god of healing and protection. And uh also Anher, who is the god of war, and also like the patron god of the Egyptian army.
0: Mm.
1: She typically is shown as being um. <clears throat> married to Ptah, who is the god of craftsmen and um, architects, which is interesting because Bast is uh, oftentimes shown as, like, a destructive deity. She is not necessarily shown, I mean, I know we talked about this fertility stuff, right? But, like, she is oftentimes shown as a war deity and one who takes retribution sure. and who... Um,
0: Mussing stuff
1: up, takes stuff apart. Like she, like literally rips hearts out. Yeah, in certain uh, myths and uh, roles of hers. So yeah. it is. Maybe you're going to eat a
0: heart. You got to get it out still beating. It's it's in the it's in the name.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, her and Ptah have um, one or two children, sort of depending on how you look at the things. So there is Nefertum, who is. Um, god of the blue lotus he's also like a very attractive younger male uh, but i don't know that he necessarily was looked upon as being like god of hot dudes sure totally <laughs> yeah he was just
0: he was just a guy super into blue lotus he like
1: emerged out of one sure i don't know how that works with her it's not important being the, it's yeah you know
0: what it's better that yeah. we don't think too deeply
1: yeah. And then also we see typically associated with her or with Sekhmet um, that their son or her and Ptah's son, that is, is uh, Mijos or Mahes, um, who is the god of war and also Knives.
0: I mean, nice.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty red.
0: Yeah, pretty yeah, red.
1: So um, we got to talk about, in order to talk about Bast, we have to talk about Sekhmet. Uh, Sekhmet is a uh, lion-headed goddess who is also a god of war, who also has some healing stuff and also has some protection stuff associated with her, although a lot less on the fertility and sexy fun time kind of stuff. Sure. Um, now, Bastet is often paired with Sekhmet in a variety of different things. Um, mm-hmm. but And they are both considered to be the daughter of Ra, and they are both married to Ta, And we also see that Nefertum, as well as Mahes, are their children, but like separately, not like the three of them had a kid. Sure. Uh, but sometimes the myths say one and sometimes they say the other. And there's also an interesting saying, which I literally had never heard before, but apparently plenty of people had. And the saying dates back from 150 BCE. So if she's been worshiped since like 2890, this is like pretty late in the game. Yeah. And the saying goes, she rages as Sekhmet, she is pacified as Bast. And this is interesting because this <laughs> is really kind of trying to tell you like angry stuff, Sekmet; Happy, fluffy, sex goddess stuff, Bast but that's not really the case necessarily um it seems to have shaped some of the later kemetic beliefs a uh, kemetic being yeah. the interpretation of the egyptian religion uh, but this is not traditionally how bastet or Sekhmet were personified
0: sure um, i mean that that feels like that feels like one of those situations where you have a um where you're trying to sort of like modernize an interpretation so you split up you know you sort of like pick and choose you're like yeah all the war stuff give it to this one all the all the kinky stuff give it to this one you know like, yeah. like they're pushing it side to side in order to sort of delineate that like wow i mean like you can't have a sexy lady who's also all and stuff or some like, which is crazy. because shit, uh, There's you know?
1: plenty of like, oh, there's lady, like a, there's like, a war yeah, totally, 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 totally. like, we talked about Aphrodite in the deep dive, and she yeah. was also known as a war goddess. Um, and there's also, I
0: believe,
1: Ishtar, maybe, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, it's it's, it's that there's like,
0: it's, it's that like, as you move further forwards in time, you often see that sort of like, uh, been picking up of jobs. You work yeah.
1: here long enough, you're gonna pick up extra-
0: you gotta pick up some, <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna pick up extra crafts, right? Well, and we're gonna change your job title so that way, like, you know, the, the C-suite is feels comfortable yeah. with shit. Yeah. You know, you know, like that kind of a thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, it can't be the same thing. That wouldn't make any sense, even though, like, it fucking obviously does. Oh, boy, you don't even know know what the things you're talking about this. You don't even know.
1: So it is important to know that Sekhmet and Bastet are not aspects of the same goddess like we see with Hecate. Sure. Having different aspects. Or they are also not technically sisters, although in a way they are half sisters, but that's not important. Um, In the way that we see the three forms of Brigid. Um, And they're also not a mother-daughter relationship, similar to the way that we sometimes see Demeter and Persephone being two sides of the same coin. They are separate entities and deities unto their own thing. It just happens that some things overlap. Mm. Which is not uncommon for the Egyptian pantheon. I mean, really, it's not uncommon for any pantheon, right? But I have found through my work and my research that you see that a lot more here with egyptian stuff than you do with some other things where there's a lot more overlap and some of that has to do with the amount of just a sheer amount of time
0: sure yeah the well i mean like was sort of
1: a practicable thing
0: surface level right now it feels like 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 i would almost i would almost wonder if and, you know, I guess the only way you could really look at it is through, like, the evolution of language. But, like, I almost would believe that "segment" and Bast are just two ways to say the same word. Well,
1: and they you know what might I mean? be, and there are some but, ways or, or, to or, I mean, sort like, of Or, they're, or that.
0: they're, like, uh, like, um... Like co-evolutions of yeah. a thing, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, and like I'm I'm doing some shit at the temple tomorrow. I'm doing it for best, and you're like, that's crazy, gangster. I also have some temple stuff back at home that I have to deal with for this lady segment. and you're like, oh, very interesting. And then like you know, slam cut to five thousand years later, and right now today we're trying to be like, well, yeah. these two seem these two seem occurred. like the same person. What why? Why two different names, but like in reality, it was just like time and distance allowed for like like co-evolved gods with regard to like position, but with just different linguistic terminology, different names.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that leads me perfectly, nice segue, um, to Artemis. In order to talk about Bastet, we also have to talk about Artemis.
0: Sure, yeah. Sure? Yeah.
1: Yeah, right? That seems that All seems allowed. like a like a what? All um, so during the Ptolemaic dynasty, um, things which by the way, um, Cleopatra was one of was a ruler was during a the was a Ptolemy. Um, so during their dynasty, <laughs> and they ruled for Egypt for like about 300 years, things got more complicated. The Ptolemaics were sort of Greek and they definitely spoke Greek and they mostly worshipped in a, the Greek pantheon. The Greek. Um, so they started to link Bastet to Artemis. Sure. Which is likely because of Bastet's hunting and war connotations sure. there, right? Sure. Yeah, um, and this is when Bastet started being considered a moon goddess because Artemis is a moon goddess. Sure. Prior to this Bastet was associated with the sun, you know, being the eye of Ra, the per- the sun himself basically. Dot da- the sun, yeah. Yeah. Um so it is odd, I find, that they syncretized Bast to Artemis when their co- when some of their core aspects contradict. Mm. Like fluffy, happy, sexy fun time? Not really an Artemis thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not artemesian yeah How not really that? an
1: artemesian thing also that's, that's, no way that's right the way level that. of just just bling uh just lavishness no. in bast's temples uh does not really jive with artemis because she sort of kind of didn't really have temples even though there are a couple of temples well not like um, that there were some people who were like Uh, shall we say, Artemis purists, who felt that the only real temple to Artemis could be uh, in the woods. Yeah. Right, sort of thing. So Forced it is odd, but also y- what what we see here is we see the Greeks going, oh, you've got one of those. We got one of those too. Um, so we kind of see that. And also at around the same time that we see the synchronization with Artemis, we also see um, the this idea of seeing Isis as Bastet's mother. Mm. Um even though she's kind of not, but also sometimes she kind of is. Um, and Isis also, at the same time separately, sort of in this time frame coincides with her taking on the aspect of being the goddess of a thousand names, the goddess who is all goddesses. All goddesses lead back to Isis. Yeah I- in a way,
0: Isis prime goddess.
1: Yeah, yeah, we actually yeah. talk about this a bit in our, in our ISIS deep dive, which is episode 18, if you want to hear more about that. Um, that's definitely the episode to listen to. Um, so we kind of see all of these things happening at the same time. And then lastly, to tie it back to at the very beginning of this episode, that's when we start seeing a really large amount of people using the term Bastet, or ba. A set, um, which is being used either as an epithet or turning directly into her name in this time frame, and we think that while we don't technically know what "bus" what "bast" means, um, we think we know what "bast" "a set" or. Bastet means, um, meaning the soul of Isis. So Ba would be the word for soul and Aset would be the term that the Kemetic Egyptians would have used for Isis. So yes, yes. we see a lot of that. Oh, you've got this. I've got that too, and trying to kind of do that. Yeah. It's
0: especially yeah, it all sounds the same. Good, good to go. Blend it together.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. It, it's really hard because, like you know, you want to, as humans, I think we want to try to find the similarities in the other things to be like, oh, I have this too. This is mine. Uh, but also, you want to try to do um, linear translations. You know, you want. Mars is Aries. You want Zeus is Jupiter. Sure,
0: but and you well, want that. Well, I mean, you that. want you want you want Zeus, lightning, Thor, thunder. You know, yeah. You want right? you want that like Hades down there, that direction. <laughs> Hades that direction. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We we like the simplified interpretation of what a god is in charge yeah. of, which obviously, like as as. Like, practices evolve as gods evolve and as language evolves. We get this, like, sweet five-dimensional Venn diagram of, like, what gods are and are not involved in some shenanigans. Yeah. You know? And you get that sort of, like, especially as you add fantasy into the mix. Yeah. You know? And so all of a sudden, like, I mean, you know, the easiest example is, like, what Marvel does to the Norse gods. Well,
1: and that's kind of how I feel affects, with this like, people, too, people are yeah. just like,
0: look at this buff Thor. And you're like, um, loose. I don't know about that, you know, or well, like- Well, and
1: then they're like, look at this Artemisian or this I, I, I Isisian uh, version of Bast. Like, you know, I think that you really see that with this stuff too. And it's, it's fun for me because I think that if that's what- If that's what you believe and that's the relationship that you have with that deity, with that archetype, with that energy, then that's the most valid thing. It does not matter
0: the way that you're doing it. That that applies even further than just to like worship and gods, right? Like you are a whole, uh, I like to think about it as like sort of three-dimensional consciousness, Right. But every person you interact with perceives one two-dimensional semi-Cartesian plane of your consciousness, right? So, like, your boss sees you as a specific person, and, like, you're that person. But you also fucking certainly know that you are definitely not 100% the person your boss thinks you are. And that belief would be bonkers to hold with any degree of, like, like. Functional hardness, right? Uh, and but at the same time, you know, the lady at the coffee shop or the guy at the grocery store or or whatever, right? We are we are uh this like perceptive two dimensional, like this like sort of uh two dimensional planes slicing through a three dimensional object, right? Like think about it like photos of a nebula, right? Um, like you look at the you look at the pillars of creation that was shot by um. Um, like some of our older satellites, right? And then you look at the new James Webb version and it's like a very distinctly and yeah. profoundly improv- like it's the same thing you get, that it's the same, you look at it and you're like, ooh, I know that. But, but it's like so much more now just because we're adding more like visual data and, and a larger mirror means that we pick up like more detail and things like that. Um, And I think that a lot of times, like, with regard to these things, right, um, the way that you worship a deity is that two-dimensional plain, like, planar interpretation of a greater three-dimensional aspect of this deity's consciousness, right, which means that your worship is exactly as equivalent, like, your belief in, in Bast doesn't affect or change or get devalued by like let's say her um distinct interpretation of Bast and as such like what her belief faith and practice around that would be right yeah. um i think that like a pretty simplified form of that is the sort of like multiplicity of christian faiths yeah. right they're all worshiping the same guy, that's Jesus, but they're doing different shit yeah. with the worship, you know? Yeah. Um, And none of them are more or less valuable because they are all very specific aspects.
1: Yeah, well, you and know? one of the things that seems to be a, a bit of an argument among certain people who, who worship or work with Bast is that- Bastards. it. Uh, I don't want to say modern, right? Because this isn't really a modern
0: concept. But <laughs> plus like, or minus two thousand years modern. Yeah, plus so or minus two thousand years Jace. modern. Yeah,
1: um, like a more modern concept for Bast was like, ooh, sexy kitty lady. Ooh. Sure. Like, like she was associated with fertility because cats. Um, specifically, domestic cats, right? But she wasn't really like, like ooh, sexy cat girl um, for a while because that kind of didn't really that kind of connotation we don't think really happened until kind of the Ptolemaic until side of like things, later right? on. Until sure. later on, because the Greeks saw these cats and they're like, ooh, cats, slinky sexy exotic and then that's sort of where that like sexy cat lady thing kind of started um because while the egyptians revered cats and while you know being mean to a cat was essentially considered a crime um that doesn't mean that they revered like sexy slinky cats they revered cats because cats were they were divine and they were also divine protectors. Cats helped to eat mice and like vermin. So mice and primarily snakes um, because they would get into the food supply or they would bite you and you could die. Uh, So like cats were a really important piece of the Egyptian uh, landscape there. So it makes sense that Bast is like somebody that they talk about a lot, and somebody who has this like big, big influence on things. But in so it kind of makes sense why she has so many things that she's about. But at the same time, she wasn't necessarily about like passionate making love. Like that wasn't really a thing. She was more like, um, she was more like scare boner <laughs> because like, yeah, she's like a slender, nice looking lady, but at the same time, like she will literally rip your heart out and that stuff kind of happens sometimes. So, <laughs> so um, I have a myth to share with you guys about Bast. i Technically, it's a little adjacent, but it's close enough. It is uh, sort of the second half of a larger myth. I'm only kind of taking the piece that is relevant to the Bast side of things. Yeah, the um, best bit. So this is the tale of Setna and Tabubu. Tab- I am probably pronouncing these very wrong. And if I am, Dababu? I am sorry. Please tell me how to do that right. Setna
0: and Tabubu.
1: Yeah. So Prince Setna, I believe he was the son of Ramesses II. Sure. Um, So he is playing a board game with maybe a spirit maybe a deity sort of depends on what you're looking at there mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of horror movies you got to close those board games yeah out, guys. and um basically is like i'm gonna steal a book i'm gonna steal this very important book from this tomb and this the spirit in this tomb is like don't don't do that man that's that's bad news bad news bears don't do that and he's like that's too uh, bad i'm gonna too, do it
0: he's too far away from indiana jones he doesn't learn that you're not supposed to do that stuff that's yeah. right
1: yeah so he's <laughs> too far from that yeah um he's still got another enough- Several thousand years. Well, so he steals. Get on it, bro. So he steals this magical book from this tomb. Mm. Mm. We've seen being, The Mummy. Don't touch it. Fully being warned not to. Yeah. Fully understanding yeah. the the of the fish. Yeah, we've seen Evil Dead. Don't read that book. It. So he's got this book. And he's basically like, on, the way I'm imagining this is he's like on his way home. And he sees just the hottest, most beautiful woman he has ever ever seen in his entire existence i do not know how old this man is sure um in his entire existence he sees her on the street and he's like girl you are so friggin hot listen
0: sometimes you gotta do crimes and then pick up a, a hot chick what is your name yeah hot chick crimes. and
1: she's like oh hi my name is tabubu i am a daughter of the priest uh, of, a, of a priest of bastet and he's like i will pay you 10 gold
0: to have sex with me right now oh very presumptive, but okay, cool, rock and roll, I guess. Uh, you know Sitting over here, bringing zero game, immediately <laughs> jumping to the gold offer, my guy. Maybe you show her the sweet book. You just, grinded, I think he
1: was like, "Come back right? to my place, I'll pay I feel break.
0: like I feel like he could um, he could have sold that mixtape. I don't think it's I don't think, chose
1: violence instead. I don't think yeah. it was street sex, but at the same time, I have to sort of like have an oh, aside here. About street sex. I'm um, just saying,
0: like, he could have bought her a drink and fucking tried to be smooth, <laughs> right?
1: He's like, Like, I make scrambled eggs in the morning. Yeah, she's like, hey, what's Um, going
0: on? And he's like, how are you doing? I have money. And she's like, all right, well, normally there's a little (laughs) bit more drama and conversing, but I guess, thank you. So
1: I have to have like a bit of an aside here to sort of like, before we get further into this tale to like, uh, shall we say level set, in corporates um, so back in ancient oh, egypt nice. women had a lot more sexual freedom than most other ancient societies it was not a taboo to have sex although you did not generally have sex in like a temple book. that was <laughs> that's good that's yeah. good it that was nice feel I like that. That. Um, it was not really <laughs> taboo women were allowed to be sexual beings sure um, yeah. it's a thing that i think as, i mean it's a thing that I think as Americans we kind of forget pre Jesus, so yeah, yeah. way pre Jesus. Yeah. So anyway, he sees her on the that's, on the street, and he's like, Puritans. "Girl, come back to my place, and I will have sex with you, and I will pay you ten gold because you are so hot." And she was mm. like, "Um, no, but you can come to my place, and um, I will fulfill
0: all of your desires." Ooh. Does he, wake up in, does he wake up in a stone-carved <laughs> bath of a ice without a head. kidney? Because You're not allowed to read the head. I'm not head. reading the head. I'm just telling you. Yeah. It sounds like he's going to wake up without okay. a kidney or something. So
1: he accepts, rough. obviously, because this guy, he no longer has a brain in his head yeah. that he is thinking with. Yeah. Yeah, he was um, already half out because of the crime, and now he's full out. Yeah, so. he's full out. full out. Yeah. Full out, half chub. Yeah. So he accepts, and when he shows up, like, basically, he follows her to her place. Okay. At Bubastus, the, the Temple of Bast, um, uh, or nearby. He starts putting the moves on her, and she's like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. And he's like, what? And she's like, I will sleep with you if you write a letter promising to give me all of your wealth. And she is so hot mm. that this man says yes.
0: His lawyer <laughs> is gonna suggest that maybe he doesn't sign this particular prenup. Sir, this is a bad prenup. So you he know? says
1: yes. He starts trying to put the moves on her again. And she's like, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. And he stops. And she's like, I will only sleep with you if you have your children come here to sign the document to make it legal.
0: Oh my God, this is a terrible prenup. Listen, listen, somebody invent time travel, go back in time, tell this motherfucker that this is a bad contract. He agrees. Bad news bears.
1: She's so hot. He wants her so bad. Yeah. He agrees again and starts putting the moves on. Bold
0: strategy, Cotton. And
1: she's like, wait, 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 wait. Last time I swear my guy. Stop, stop, stop. And he's like, what? So she says, I will only sleep with you if you kill your children so there will be no legal claims against me.
0: All right, all right. Well, listen, this prenup's getting weird, man. I it's don't... not
1: even a prenup. This is just pre-coitus.
0: Yeah. Well keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> don't sign this. So maybe go home.
1: He is ready to rock and roll. He is red rocketed and rocketed to go. He's right?
0: About ready to commit crimes. He's about
1: ready to commit crimes. And he's More like, crime, Yes, I yes, I will murder my family if to finally have sex with you, you beautiful woman. Sure. Um, so then Instantly, he sees a vision of his children being slaughtered and eaten and their corpses eaten by the dogs in the street. Some of these myths, very graphic. Okay. Um, and um, all of a sudden, the vision of his children, this beautiful woman, and her place of Mubastis disappear. And Prince Setna is left standing in the street, naked, with his penis in a jar.
0: Now, is the penis still attached to him? Yes. Ah, he just put it in a jar. Well, he probably didn't think he was putting it in a jar. Well, this is what I'm gonna
1: suggest,
0: <laughs> is do less drugs. So... This is what happens when you take books <laughs> that you're not supposed to take, guys. Leave shit be. Let me tell you, um, So don't do spooky shit. You stole a book from a tomb. <laughs> Fuck that jar.
1: Moving rapidly forward in this particular tale of them, we learn that he eventually catches up with his dad after, like...
0: I imagine putting his pants back on.
1: Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, catching up or with his dad. Tuna, and his dad's whatever. like, we'll see your family is here and your children are sleeping safe. So, like, everything's fine. And he's like, wow, that was... Oof, oof, my guy. And his dad's like, seems like maybe that was a bad idea. huh, bro?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it was. So was make this guy travel with a lawyer more often. Right.
1: So I know that this is a sort of technically a myth about Bestet, but
0: I mean I don't know. It's kind of a myth. About it Bestet. is honestly. Sort listen, you know what? Don't don't give me intro shit. Don't give me outro shit. Just make this a movie. This is just. This is just. Um. It's uh what's what's the It's just a
1: tales from the crypt episode.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, no, it's it's uh uh what are those It's the Hangover movie. This is just Egyptian the Hangover. Yeah. Right? The Hangover fucking 2400 BCE. I would watch the shit out of this movie, bro. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. Put whatever what's it, whatever his name is Seth Rogen in it or some shit.
1: Oh, I don't know Make that. it a whole
0: fucking thing. Well, is it, <laughs> But that's,
1: yes. It may, that would be literally funny.
0: Literally make it The Hangover 2600 BCE. I
1: feel like you could pretty easily make this into a Cheech and Chong movie, but oh, like back piece in the of 70s, yeah. it would have been a piece yeah, of 70s, cake. Yeah, 70s Cheech so and Chong. So the idea 100%. behind this, like, I mean, you can kind of interpret this however you want to, um, but like, some people interpret this as being like, it's a sort of like a parable that like teaches you not to like take advantage of women or to be more. strategic in your love affairs I guess yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm not entirely yeah. sure but yeah, don't, don't be it's an fantastic asshole, maybe. That's um it. and it reminds me it rem, it reminded me so much of the uh myth uh that we told about the Dagda mm. in our Dagda deep dive episode with the porridge and the three things so um I hyper enjoyed that and had to share that with everybody hilarious you didn't think you were gonna end up with dick in a jar did you? But there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've already sort of visited Bubastis, let's talk about it. So Bubastis is the city in which Bastet's main temple was in. And this is near um, modern day Zagazig. It was described by the Greek historian and Travel blogger Herodotus,
0: um, who lived, love calling Greeks travel travel blogger. This guy was
1: basically a travel
0: blogger. Prove me wrong. No, 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 no. I think it's just the right way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just an ancient Greek it, it, travel. It, it blogger. both undercredits the Greeks and overcredits actual modern travel vloggers because. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy's <laughs> still famous it. like thirty five hundred years later. Yeah. So Herodotus lived between like four eighty four and four twenty five BCE. So again. We know that Bastet has been worshiped since like almost 3000 BC. So there's like a lot of time in between sort of like the initial, the initiating of her worship and now. Um, so he describes Bubastis this way. This is uh this is a uh, excerpt from his thing. Uh, so it goes, except at the entrance, it is surrounded by water. For two canals branch off from the river and run as far as the entrance of the temple, yet neither canal mingles with the other, but one runs on this side and the other on that. Each canal is a 100 feet wide, and its banks are lined with trees. The gates are 60 feet in height. And when we say gates, we don't mean that they have like a thing that swings open and close. It's just sort of like an entrance the pillar. opening, yeah. Yeah. Um, and are adorned with sculptures nine feet high and of excellent workmanship. The temple being in the middle of the city is looked down upon from all sides as you walk around. And this comes from the city having been raised, whereas the temple itself has not been raised up, has not been moved up, but remains in its original place, Quite round the temple, there goes a wall, again adorned with sculptures. Within the enclosure is a grove of tall trees planted around a large building in which is the Statue of Bast. The form of that temple is square, each side being a stadium in length. Um, Technically, that's not the same as a stadium now. A stadium then was like 220 feet, so more than two football fields long, Mm -hmm. each side this square, this this temple, uh, in a line where the entrance is a road built of stone about three stadiums long, so that's set, six and a half football fields, um, leading eastwards through the public market. The road is about 400 feet wide, uh, which is four football fields, and is flanked by exceedingly tall trees. This road leads to the Temple of Hermes. At the time, we discovered over 3,000 mummies of cats there. At Herodotus' time, they were still making cat mummies. In fact, this ended up being kind of a rough thing, and I'm not gonna go into it here, because I'm sure we got a bunch of cat lovers, and you don't need that in your life. But This place is huge. Bad cat mummies. Like, I mean, not just cat mummies, but like huge. This temple was also like built out of pink granite exquisitely carved. Mm -hmm. Most temples then we think were painted also on the inside. So not just carved, but carved and painted. Yeah. Um, And this is pretty common across her other temples too.
0: The the painting thing is like look up what Greek statuary looked like when it was painted. Because like we know that it was painted. The like white marble statues is a lie. Don't listen to that. Yeah they actually
1: removed that all the paint
0: that could have been seen well i mean like not only was some paint removed but like time is a motherfucker um so like paint gets destroyed right you've owned shit and the paint ship like you've seen an old car yeah right these are statues that are way fucking older but like look that up and, and you'll see how like sort of extremely different that like painting version could be like yeah. how more colorful it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, basically the way the ancient Egyptians rolled, particularly in this time frame where this temple was like at its height, would have been the most extra that you can possibly be. Um and it really sort of was. I mean when I when I like read this um excerpt uh, from Herodotus, I was like, I had like the music from the mummy plane in the background. It was just like, you pan over a little further and that's it. It is so impressive to me that I like can only dream of how incredibly cool it would look yeah. to see something like that. How impressive. I mean, this is a... Well, especially
0: like, like huge back complex. then with regard to, you know, like not seeing shit like modern New York and such like that. Yeah, yeah. It would have been like such a bigger deal. Exactly. Exactly. Totally, totally. Um,
1: And also the temple of bastet Bubastis had an oracle. There just wasn't just one temple there. There was like a bunch of temples. Like the thing that we just described that I just described is this is the say, shall we say, crown jewel. Uh, of Bast's temple. But much like how we talked about in the um, episode where we're talking about oracles and pilgrimages, like there's other temples in this complex. Usually there's one temple, more of them gonna be nearby. Just like not as not as big, not as impressive. Uh, but this to me is one of the most impressive examples of a temple that you could possibly have. And it is so cool. Yeah. So um, Bast's feast days were just as epic as as her temple was described so first of all let's talk about the procession of bast the the festival or procession of bast happens on the fourth day of the fourth month but the egyptians did their calendar differently than we do now and this day has changed over the years for a variety of reasons but the timing that i am using for this is when they started using a um, a calendar that had 365 days just to make my life easier. Cause otherwise it was a lunar calendar and I don't know exactly when it began or how many days in each, there's a whole bunch of, there is a whole bunch of calculations that go into trying to figure out when ancient people <laughs> were celebrating things. Yeah. And it's honestly kind of a nightmare y'all. So anyway, the festival uh, of Bast takes place on the fourth day of the fourth month. But for the ancient Egyptians, they typically used the rising of the star Sirius as their new year. So Sirius rises um, at a different time of year now than it did back then, 4,000 years ago. Uh, and also it rises at a different time date depending on where where you are in the world, your latitude. So the further north you are, or the further south you are, that changes the date. So um, the procession of Bass takes place 124 days from the new year of Sirius Rising. So we are close to San Francisco, and that would put her festival on December 10th for us. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it where... Cairo, you know, Egypt, uh, is, and took that as your place where Sirius the star is going to rise, then that would make the festival procession of bass in December. Now, like 4,000 years ago, that was like a couple of months earlier, but also Egypt has different seasons than we do in North America for the most part. So, you know, the, While this is the time, maybe this is not when you want to celebrate. Yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not perfectly
0: (laughs) accurate, but like based on the idea that, okay, so the celebration of Bass is supposed to be on the fourth month of the fourth day. And a month was 30 days long. Yeah. Right. And in Cairo, Sirius rises on August 1st. This year. This year. Right. So the fourth month of the fourth day is 124 days by a 30 day month forwards in time, which means 124 days forwards from August 1st this year would be December 3rd this year. Yeah. So for in Cairo and you're, this is like spherical cow in a vacuum math, you know, Um, it should, the, the uh procession of bass should occur December 3rd in like for Northern Californians or people along our, like, um, plane right, our yeah. uh, uh, whatever longitude, latitude, or degree, which, whichever <laughs> one of the tudes we are, um, the, away from the equator, then it would be the 10th of December. And again, it's because if New Year is the rise of the Sirius star, then the further away you are from the equator, uh, shifts your New Year slightly,
1: yes. Yes, so, exactly. Now there are some pagan calendars that put math. this on different dates. Yeah. I saw dates ranging from anywhere between February and April 15th, as well as July, when it is now that we're actually recording this. So we often say that if it doesn't work for you to celebrate a a Sabbath, a festival on the specific day that you would traditionally have it, celebrate it whenever. And I'm going to say this definitely applies here because for most of the people probably listening to this, you're going to be listening to this and you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to want to do these things in December. So, you know, take that as it comes. So yeah, Well, anyway. it's a different
0: December in fucking Cairo. than
1: in Sonoma County, you know? After. So (laughs) now that we've gone through all of this like weird mathy stuff, thank you for sticking with us. Um, Let's talk about the festival itself because this is the fun part. So um, the Festival of Bast is really a celebration honoring Bast's birth. Now she does have other festivals, most particularly another one called the Sailing of Bast. I don't have any information about this holiday, but that one would happen on the 29th day of the first month which puts it in actually august um, or september so august going by the cairo calendar or the cairo rising of sirius and um september 13th going by the san francisco rising of sirius which actually makes it a little bit easier to celebrate because it's nice outside still so we're honoring bass birth this was a huge festival reportedly drawing over seven Hundred thousand people when our favorite guy, when our favorite ancient Greek travel blogger Herodotus, went to this festival. Sure, that is an insane
0: number of people. Yeah, I mean, he went to Comic Con before Comic Con got cool, but like this was this is when Comic Con was big, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this is this is more people, (laughs) I think, than live in the entire county
0: that we live in. Oh. I don't know, he was a pretty densely packed these days. Yeah. We do live um, in a nightmare, guys. But that is
1: a, a really huge amount of people, especially when you think these guys didn't have cars, they didn't have
0: planes. You just got a camel to They places. just
1: got a camel, to, that's, I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I can't say that, I'm not gonna say that, no. I mean, I I assume, started to, and I, I assume like, that no. that's who you had
0: pull your carts, <laughs> or horses. <laughs> Or yaks? Well, probably yeah, there was yaks. a lot of
1: there was a lot of a lot of yaks. Boat I think is travel in the wrong of, place. Mostly boat travel. Yeah, oh. yaks is the wrong place. Well, that's that's even easier. Boat piece of yeah. cake. So. We got, another, we got another quote from our travel blogger guy. Sure. So Herodotus tells us that barges and rivercraft of every description and size filled with men and women floated leisurely down the Nile during this festival. The men played on pipes of lotus, the women on cymbals and tambourines. Hey, that cistern we were talking about, that's exactly what that is. Um, such as had no instruments accompanied with the music with the clapping of hands and dances. So if you didn't have a, if you didn't have uh, a musical instrument you were yeah. doing your best with your hands or dancing or whatever and other joyous gestures
0: yeah jazz well hands. yeah listen if, if you're not playing the guitar sometimes you have to stomp stomp clap if you know what I'm talking well, about well
1: and sometimes you're jazz handing it up yeah yeah Uh these thus are jazz hands did they while they these were on the river
0: jazz but hands. yes and these are victory <laughs> you know what I wanted? you fuck
1: Yeah, so jazz hands and dancing while they're on the boats. But when they came to a town, the barges would, and the boats would like pull in and um, everybody would get off the boats and sing like basically at the dock area. And the women sang, and then he says, playfully mocked the women of that town and threw their clothes over their head. Um, I saw this particular line translated Five different ways. Yeah. Um, And this is probably the most conservative of all of them. Basically, they were like. Yo, titty's (laughs) a sagging. Let me see that booty. And then I mean,
0: it's it sounds like like a fair Mardi Gras.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very Mardi Gras. Show show up. Very Mardi Gras. Yeah. And um, throwing their clothes over their head. Basically, the women would like pull up their skirts and show you their hoo-hahs. Um, Hoo-hah. Yeah, that's that's what that's biz, what came out. Biz, yeah. Business term. Yeah, they would um, show their vulvas. And would dance around, and that was the thing. Um, So when these boats finally, and then they would like, you know, get back on their boats and sail back down the river, right? So when they reached Bubastis, they then held a wondrously solemn feast, and more wine of the grape was drank in those days than the entire rest of the year. Such was the manner of this festival. And it is said that as many as 700,000 pilgrims have been known to celebrate the Feast of Bast at the same time.
0: I mean, that sounds like a raging party, bro.
1: Yeah, well, one of the interesting things is that Bast is sort of, one of the ways that you can pay homage to her as a deity is in drunkenness.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, she she was the like the deity of drunkenness. Yes, of the sweet imbibed.
1: Well, it wasn't that she was the deity of drunkenness necessarily, but that drunkenness because of these rowdy festivals is so with her associated. It's so her. associated yeah, with her totally. that it just sort of like sticks in there, uh, because the ancient Egyptians probably did have a deity that specifically was the deity of drunkenness and the greeks did too uh and so did the romans so yeah. you probably also had that um, but this was also known as the festival of chewing onions
0: fair okay so
1: sure. onions were recognized in ancient egypt as being protective and uh, you throw and, one of those
0: ain't nobody coming near you you're <laughs> been bit hit by an onion well <laughs>
1: Actually, these were small onions. So I, that makes it hurt
0: more. It's a the smaller onions... surface area for impact. Probably let me wing a pearl onion at you. You're not coming yeah. into this house. So the onions that, that they
1: would have had back then are actually walking onions, which is hilarious because we were talking about maybe growing these. Oh, we're definitely
0: gonna grow walking yeah. onions. Yeah. Um yeah. so they make pearl onions. In fact, a uh, lot of the like native or not native, but like smaller batch pearl onions that you get are grown from walking onions. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if they're not like super industrial or
1: Yeah, whatever, so right. at the time, the Egyptians felt that onions were protective and onions are in fact good oh. against warding off diseases and snakes are not big fans of onions. I don't know um, about
0: that. So... Seek more professional than us. <laughs> yeah, don't don't. Information onions about onions are not a snake Listen, repellent, guys. Yeah, please. Unless don't. it's a full blown onion and you're throwing that with dead like precision, <laughs> right? Because then, I mean, like, yeah, sure, of course, but an onion's gonna ward off a bunch of shit if you throw it hard enough. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. It reminds an me an
0: onion based cannon. I'm just saying.
1: It reminds me of you that Resident Evil movie where Mia Jovovich goes around and putting quarters into her shotgun. Oh yeah, shotgun. she's packing
0: her shotgun but shells with quarters. That, but with yeah.
1: with pearl onions.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of like, I'm thinking of like a potato gun, but full of onions. The superior yeah. form of a potato
1: gun. Yeah, so... Onion gun. So not only were onions thought to be protective against diseases and also snakes, um, Bastet is a deity that's sort of in charge of that. She's in charge of protecting you from diseases and snakes. Was and also the onions... about
0: cucumbers because of snakes.
1: Well, and the onions became ripe basically right around that time of year Um, but additionally so the onions were a large part of general offerings um, for the Egyptians but especially for this festival because of this connotation and onions were thought to purify the mouth sure so that when you sang and you spoke and did whatever else you're doing it's like purified basically
0: yeah, it's the cleanest and mouth they
1: were yeah exactly and yeah. they were also associated with the heart um which is sort of important with bast because there is a deity that she sort of evolves into even though she doesn't and we're not talking about that here because i couldn't really find a lot of good information about this so we're going to leave that on a cliffhanger for you i don't um, know
0: about onions are associated with heart
1: uh, they, That's were, crazy.
0: they were now, they were they may be heart shaped. Um you know we love a good synchronicity, you know a, a, little, humes. a little humes love a good synchronicity. Yeah,
1: they were a little heart shaped in that remember the Egyptians took out your internal organs to embalm them. Sure. So to an Egyptian, your heart wasn't necessarily the shape the way
0: the like an emoji heart is. I mean, I know what an actual human heart is shaped. I like. do too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, like uh, I watched CSI Miami dog Like, okay, yeah, right. I mean, no, nobody, nobody. I feel like if you're an adult in 2023, you should know the real shape of a human heart, yeah, yeah, right. You've probably seen one of those sans chest,
1: yeah. Well, if you think about, um, you know, onions purifying, you would want to have a pure heart in order to secure a good place in the egyptian afterlife Yeah, you're, associating you're, the, you should gotta the less
0: than less than a feather or some nonsense yeah right? something like yep, that yep, 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 some yep. shenan
1: yeah so um yeah that's uh that's all about Bast.
0: nice man heck yeah
1: yeah this is a particularly fun one to go down. I definitely had some
0: a lot I mean, it of seems like,
1: like <laughs> a lot of moments where I'm like, this is my crazy thing that I'm drawing lines. It seems like
0: between. Bass is a pretty chill goddess. Yeah. Right? Like War were declared, Mardi Gras, Sweet Parties. And babies. Uh, ton of babies. You know, uh, maybe convinced a guy to have sex with a jar. Because of too much drugs and a little bit of crime. Um, Not even drugs. Like I because, mean, listen. Because crime. Maybe only just crime, but that's a bad crime, bro. I mean. He, he, he stole the wrong book.
1: He definitely. Yeah. He definitely was that book Whispering? That book. Maybe don't touch that fucking book. <laughs> right? It was a particularly,
0: like, magically powerful book. So. Stop reading from books. Oh, hey, we're staying in this cabin out in the woods. I found a book in this cabin. Don't read that fucking book. <laughs> Don't touch that book. I we shouldn't have to say that out loud. Right? But apparently for thousands of years assholes have been reading from books. Right? The difference is nowadays we got to deal with like animated skeletons and like walls full of blood. Back then you just had a lady make you fuck a jar with hallucinations. I mean, so I guess small victories back then yeah but damn bro that's yeah. embarrassing yeah right that's, that's basically I, you what, gotta what you gotta imagine said. if he if he faded back into reality um you know pants down uh jar hands uh th- at least one passerby was like oh isn't that Prince what's his name oh uh, what's going on over there I got to go home and talk to some people. Yeah.
1: And they were saw. like, "Nope, right? Nope. Yeah.
0: You know, the, you know, the next couple of weeks in court were like, did you hear what this guy did in town? <laughs> and they're like, Pfft. yeah, don't say that out loud though. The King, he's real sassed up right now, but that Prince how I feel about some jars. Yeah. I brought three jars in. I just, I'm just leaving jars all over the place. Right? Just to see what happens. Right? <laughs> this guy's going bonkers, dude. He keeps th- he keeps thinking jars are being fucking installed all over. I left four jars in front of his door this morning. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, like that kind I mean, of thing.
1: if you found out about that, like if that if this was a real thing, right? Because we don't
0: know. Bro, if I found out know. about some, some, like a shenan like that, I don't even need proof. I just need one person in the office to be like, did you hear what happened over the weekend? Tells me this story about jars. I'm going to be like... I'm going to leave so many fucking ball jars in this office. It's going to be ridiculous, man. Yeah, also... I'm going to go to Walmart after work. I'm picking up three cases of jars. I'm coming back into work. My badge still works until 8 p.m. I'm leaving jars fucking everywhere. Yeah. It's going to be weird, dog. Like... Yeah. I'm coming in two hours early to work tomorrow just to watch the jars get discovered. Also,
1: uh Bass is associated with jars because her name is essentially an ointment jar and uh I believe a loaf of bread in a hieroglyph.
0: Loaf of bread. It's a jar for carbs. It is a carb jar.
1: It is kind of like I mean it could you could kind of consider it a jar with like a, a soup bowl. Yeah. You know, you carve out the inside, yeah. put some delicious clam chowder in there, put a yeah. lid on it. Now you got a jar. Chili. A bread jar. Yeah. I'm always going to vote for clam chowder in the, in the bread jar.
0: Well, I mean, that's just because like, we're close enough to San Francisco that we can get bang clam chowder in a superior bread jar, but chili in a bread jar, pretty fucking fire. No, I'm still, I'm still chili in a bread I'm, jar. I'm
1: still beef,
0: picking clam a beef, chowder. A, a beef stew in a bread jar. A beef stew, I'm here for that. Here for a beef here stew in a bread here jar. I mean, chili's just like weird beef stew. I'm not talking about like a fucking Hormel in with a beef in a bread jar. I'm talking about <laughs> sad bread jars. I'm
1: still picking clam chowder in a bread jar. But I'm not
0: hollowing out a, a loaf of fucking Wonder Bread up in here. <laughs> Gross. Right? Gross. Just painters taping a loaf of Wonder Bread closed, Gross. hollowing out the center. Pouring in a couple of cans of Hormel.
1: Oh man, am I glad that that Wonder Bread <laughs> puts soy in all their food.
0: Oh my god, it's uh, the, it's not even good bread. No hate on Wonder Company TM, right? I don't I don't know nothing about them, but they make Twinkies and shit, and those are pretty fire. Obviously, I think those are fire. Look at my body, um, but a Twonky, as it were, but um, Wonder Bread, the like weird sweet sugar white bread, is an affront to all of the gods. I cannot with that shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, I cannot, man. I'm such a what? I'm such a wheat bread, like forty seven nut grain bread kind of a person. I love those breads. I want a bread that's a bit crunch. You know, like a, like or like a, a rye bread, or like yes, yeah, so like I'll, Like i fuck with a sourdough or a French, but that shit got to be like a baguette. Or something something with yeah. like a bit of crunch on the crust. I don't want no soft ass sourdough. That's weird. Well, it's dumb. pretty
1: impossible for me to find commercially a bread that does not include soy in I it. Well, you know, the so companies Basically want you all to I got is all I got is sourdough or yeah. homemade. Yeah. Uh but I make amazing homemade bread. So that's Yeah, dude. Thing. We make
0: fucking homemade sliced lunch bread.
1: Yeah. That shit's fire. So, I make that, yes. Yeah. Oh, I, so, I have nothing to do with that. Um, I Just cut it thin. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, Normally, we share an invocation and a spell for the deity that we are deep diving. However, Bast is a bit special in that we have a prayer for Bast that originally comes from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Um, And that is chapter 164 that this um, one is associated with. And before we say this prayer, I want to um, say a few things. So first of all, the Egyptian Book of the Dead is not one book always the same. The Egyptian Book of the Dead was written over the course of like 1100 years with people like adding stuff to it um pretty constantly. So there's not one
0: version
1: of it. But not only that, there's not even really a version that anybody particularly agrees on. Sure translations
0: Most... a whole thing.
1: Oh no, no, no. Not even not even just that. That's even before translation. So like when when someone died, their family would commission the Book of the Dead to be written so it could be buried with their family members so that they could take that to the afterlife and that would give them a better afterlife um, for a variety of reasons. That's a bit complicated, but We'll leave it there, right? So if it was a wealthy family, they would be able to pay to have more spells in this Book of the Dead than a poorer family would. So presumably um, an emperor family or somebody who's very high up in the court would have a whole bunch of entries. They would have a thicker Book of the Dead, shall we say, um, than uh, say a merchant family that was relatively well off. They would have a smaller book. But of course, like I just said, there were more things being added to it all the time. So these change. And then you add in what the translations are, and then you add in the nuance of how we understand translations now in like the 21st century as opposed to in the 19th century. There's a lot of differences that kind of go there. So there is not one
0: there's not like a book hard book of the dead TM. <laughs> yeah, there's not a hard and fast. There's not like a King James Book of the Dead.
1: No. Not in
0: the very least. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Totally. Totally.
1: The prayer that I am reading is a um, is one that I found that I just particularly liked the way that they worded everything. Um, You can find in our show notes in the sources the top three links will be to three different versions of the Book of the Dead and this prayer, or just the Book of the Dead in general. Some of them don't allow you to bookmark a page, right? So you'd go to chapter 164, and then you would read it, um, and then that is what it is. So I pulled this off of a website called IsiumSanctuary.com. They had a particularly nice version of this prayer. I liked it. I don't know exactly who translated it or how it came to it, but that's who I got it from. Um, uh, So
0: here, here we go. You want me to read this one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, He's never seen this. I have uh, not. Nope. This is gonna be cold reads. So oh, cold.
1: actually, before we before before we go on, I have to say one thing about the name. Um, in the very first line, we call Bast uh, Seket Bast rabbit That M does not belong.
0: Sekmet Seket.
1: So Seket is a um, is a term that the ancient Egyptians used that was like a gender neutral term. Um, so it just, it just means, means like
0: priest or something.
1: Um, it's just sort of like a gender neutral term for, for a person. So like, um, in Japanese, when somebody is like, um, like a kun or like a chan, you have different things for that. Yes. And sometimes they are um, based on a gender and sometimes they are based on their relationship to you. That's kind yeah. of this. So second, um, is generally a, is a gender neutral term that sometimes has to do with deities and priests, and sometimes it does not. We have 4,000 years of stuff, man. Uh, and then also, so her name in this is Seket Bast Ra. So Seket is the general neutral term, Bast is her name, and well, Ra Seket is her father. Well, would be
0: the a title or label. The yeah. gender neutrality of it notwithstanding. Yeah. Right, it has to mean something. It could mean priest, it could mean God, but yeah. Uh, and then Bast is who she is and Ra is who her who what her lineage is. Yes. Right. So yes. Th- like to add extra honorific, right? You would say like you would say like your name and then the name of your mother or father, yeah. whoever the hell's more important, right? So that way you are connecting like deeper to the source, yes, as it were, right? Okay. So homage to the oh second bast. Bastra, thou mistress of the gods, thou bearer of the wing, a lady of the crowns of the south and of the north, only one sovereign of her father, superior to whom the gods cannot be, thou mighty one of the enchantments of the boat of millions of years, thou who art preeminent, who rises in the seas of silence, mistress of the lady of the tomb, mother of the horizon of heaven, Gracious one, beloved, destroyer of rebellion, offerings are in thy grasp, and thou art standing in the bows of the boat of thy divine father to overthrow the the fiend. Thou hast placed Maat at at the bows of his boat. Praise be to thee, O lady, who art mightier than the gods, and words of adoration rise to thee from the eight gods of...
1: Heliopolis.
0: Heliopolis, thank you. The living soul, <clears throat> the living souls who are in their chests praise thy mystery. O oh, thou who art their mother, thou source from whom they sprang, who makest for them a place to re- a place of repose in the hidden underworld, who makest sound their bones and prevervi- uh, preservest them from terror. Preservest? <laughs> who makest them strong in the abode of everlastingness? Who preservest them for their evil chamber of the souls of the God of the Terrible who face the terrible face who is among the co- the company of the gods? <laughs> so many hyphens. <laughs> Uchet of Sekhmet, a uh, uh, mighty lady, mistress of the gods, is thy name. So this one is a proper segment at the end?
1: Uh no, that is not
0: Uchat of Seket.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's 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 uh autocorrect failing me.
0: There. Yeah, okay, so Uchat of Seket, mighty lady, mistress of the gods in thy name.
1: Yeah. And Uchat is the uh, all-seeing eye.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Yeah. So that is from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. How cool is that? It's very dope. We don't generally have, usually the reason why we write our own invocation and spell is not because we want to be like special not like, snowflakes, not like but because there isn't anything that we can historically grab that is. Well, or the
0: thing is of like. Questionable patronage is like sort of a, yeah. sort of an assy way to say that, but like, like we can't know for no, you know? Yeah. So it's sort of sometimes better to just kind of create it of our own volition. And you know, we've heard us you've heard us talk about this before. Um, and and heck, we talked about it here, right? Or remember we are all perceiving and interacting with selective two-dimensional planes of the greater three-dimensional godhead with which we're working with. Uh, therefore, and therein, we're all going to have sort of different interpretations. Uh, and so when we write a spell or prayer to work with them, we generally work together to try and find like a good middle ground uh, spell, invocation, prayer or otherwise uh, associated craft. Um, but if we can find something of sort of like a much purer context like this, then we're going to try and work with like, you know, like bring that up and, and, and mention that and, and present that to you guys. Uh, but also for this or for other things, if you come across something that's sort of like a one source right? a one steak source yeah. on this, um, always let us know, because that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, we're not some bloody end all and be all of knowledge. Clearly, um, I've gotten up three times during this podcast to get more to drink. So clearly I'm not the end-all and be-all of knowledge. Um, But we are interested in these things and we are presenting them in hopes that you are also interested in these things. And if you have uh, additional bonus, superfluous or otherwise interesting information thereof and therein, then share it with the class. I hope you brought enough information for all of us Um, because we all want to learn more, right? Yeah. Uh and, and sometimes even the most tenuous piece of bonus information is like just like life shifting when you hear it and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take a five minute break, take a lap around the property <laughs> or something, yeah. you know, uh to cope with that new knowledge. Yeah. Uh so I'm just um, gonna
1: like lay on the couch yeah. uh, I gonna, for like a few minutes and just Existential. Yeah, I'm just gonna
0: lie here and stare at the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. It's probably okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh. So, um, that leads us to our next section, yeah. which is correspondences. Your favorite part. Corresponding The reading of lists.
0: Mm, lists.
1: Yeah. So to recap, Bastet is the goddess of protection childbirth fertility pleasure drunkenness music perfume retribution war cats the sun and the moon
0: yeah not just the moon don't believe the hype
1: yeah not just the moon don't believe the hype her colors associated with her are black gold green um silver and really kind of any bright color as for animals it's cats guys Shocker, right? Yeah. Um what kind all of cats? cats? All cats. All cats. Yeah. Um Land cats.
0: cats, sky cats, water
1: cats. Especially if you can find a picture of a cat eating a steak.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, because it's definitely a thing that bass does. As yeah. for stones, um, alabaster, um, which we think actually is like, comes from the root of her name. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, cat's eye, carnelian, pink granite, rose quartz, tiger's eye, sunstone, all associated with Bastet. Of course, lapis, <laughs> too. You're going to add in there it's sort of an all purpose one. Sure. Uh, for plants, catnip.
0: Obviously. Big right? shocker. Yeah.
1: Also, um, frankincense, lotus, mint. Myrrh, any sort of reeds, also like marshy plants, uh, vervain and water lily. For foods, we're looking at um fish, onions, and wine primarily.
0: Nice.
1: Uh and I would eat
0: that. It's a good soup. That
1: does sound delicious. It's good right? soup. Fish yeah.
0: onions and wine. Love all three of them. Here for it. Yeah.
1: So for there are actually quite a few miscellaneous things that she's associated with too. Um so an onk baskets, um the Eye of Horus, Jars. Yep,
0: she made that guy do a thing to a jar. Also, Reasonable.
1: Also, like, her name might actually mean Jars, but we don't sure. really know exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Moon, uh, Musk, which is neither a plant nor an animal, but yeah. sort of both. Um, <laughs>
0: musk, the scent, not the person.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfume, she's associated with, as well as a cistrum, which is that percussion instrument, and the sun
0: nice
1: so now y'all know all about bast. such
0: such as such is a bast a bestet yeah um uh what was the what was the uh isosian version of baaset baaset yeah a baaset the
1: devouring lady
0: yeah nice i'm into it man the devouring lady somebody, that better be a fucking rock band, bro. <laughs> let me tell you how upset I'm gonna be when we're done recording this, and I Google that, and it's not a flipping metal band. Yeah, I'm gonna be so angry, I'm gonna be let down, guys. Yeah, yeah So yeah. get on that, if it doesn't already exist. Uh, But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Super Doug, um, Uh, Book of the Dead stuff, right? Um, don't don't read from creepy books. I'm just gonna give you a little disclaimer on that. If you find <laughs> you a
1: book, you must not read from the book.
0: <laughs> you yeah,
1: the guy yelled it at you. Come on, we're gonna have to dogs. watch. We're gonna have to watch the mummy. Yeah,
0: we yeah. we we went on a movie venture uh today. So tomorrow another movie venture. I'm here for it
1: in totally different direction. Yeah.
0: Oh man, um, today was a weird movie venture. Necessary. Yeah, it yeah. was though. It was though. So uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, moving right along, drifting less off course, uh, we would like to thank our patrons. So if you would like to support us and the thing that we're doing and the podcast and, and, and all this, uh, we have a Patreon. You can go visit that, um, Nerd Drive on Patreon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. The links are, the links are below. What whatever yeah. the links are below. Don't worry about and that. And for only
1: five dollars a month, you can support us. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, what what things cost five dollars. Hey, that's it's the tip that I stuff. leave when we go get coffee.
0: Regular stuff. Oh my god, no, we leave, leave more of a tip.
1: Than we that. definitely do. Yeah, that's a lot. The coffee itself um, is worth five dollars. Their their work worth way more than five dollars. Yeah. It's good
0: coffee. It's good coffee. Ah. Oh, yeah. Man. So much bad coffee out there. But anywho. Uh, we would like to thank our patrons: uh, Alan, Miranda, Somewhere, Alexa, Helena, Stacy, and Panda. You guys uh, keep us keep us in line.
1: Yeah, thank you for helping us do what we do and better
0: every single time. Absolutely, We absolutely. very much appreciate it. Absolutely. So yeah, and um, you know, if you want the complete list of correspondences as well, the book set, book of shadows page associated with uh, the Bestet deep dive. Uh, that comes out on our Patreon. Those are fun little graphic things that I do. Uh, So look out for that. Um, And, uh, you know, next time we're, it's another pub chat. So do you have a pub chat question or any question, really? I mean, anything can be anything. Or a topic um, for us to riff on. Yeah, a topic for us to riff on or anything like that, right? We always have some questions that we can always bring up, but we're also here to answer your questions or um, explore something that you've been interested in or, you know, just address something uh, weird and esoteric. Or uh, just we to love that stuff. kind
1: of talk off yeah, the chat about
0: something. Those are much more sort of chill adventures. Um, but uh, so next up is that and... Um, Yeah, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Uh, While we're at that, uh, don't forget to like this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel for more of us. Share us with your friends so that way it spreads. And um, if you're watching us or listening, I guess, on a podcast thing, do whatever that is. Leave a review subscribe heart or otherwise emoji the thing that we're doing they're all a little because they're all a little different yeah. and i don't i don't care to learn what each one of them means and um yeah we will catch you guys next time uh, whatever either way i have been john norgrove this has been julie norgrove this has been the horn and cauldron podcast,
1: podcast. and we
0: will catch you guys
1: next time stay magical folks yeah and don't forget Breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt.